So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a local band Friday. Today's band, The Rodeo Boys, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. Utah takes on USC tonight in Los Angeles. Kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on The Zone Radio Network begins at 6, live from the point after, down there on 9th East in uh, Murray. Or is that technically Midvale? For the point after, I think it's that's Murray. Murray. That's that's Murray proper. Murray, that's 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 deep Murray. That's Murray improper, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, right there at the sports mall. That's down in uh, Adrian Lizer territory. That's what I. That's why because he's shared a few. Now this is a nice property that the point after is on, where Adrian lives is not so nice. Not so. That is. Uh, it's Mur- a lawless land where Adrian lives. Murray's kind of funny that way because there's some really nice uh, areas of uh, of Murray. Oh sure. It's where uh, the home of Lloyd Cole and Britton Johnson, where they grew up. And those are two very different uh, well, certainly personalities. Very, very different people. That is for sure. I, I did not catch the movie zone yesterday. What uh, what was the poll question? Favorite Brad Pitt roles and or movies. Oh, you know what? Somebody used my, uh, well, two. I agree with our boy Tom Morton. A River Runs Through. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but underrated, Spy Game. Uh, now, is that with Redford? Yes. Okay. I love that movie. Directed by uh, Tony Scott. Oh, I rest rest his one of the Scott brothers. Yes, the one who Ridley's brother. Ridley's brother who is deceased. Wow. Who they also directed Top Gun. Okay. So so there you go. All right, catch the movie Zone Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the uh, Zone Radio. Just real quick, Devin tweeted in the longest he ever, the shortest time he ever held a job. Said he held a job for four hours in a call center selling movies to families. Watched a four-hour training, made a couple calls, and said, "No, no <laughs> not doing this. This, this he's out. This doesn't feel like something that that I wanted." Hey, Devin, do. we need you in here early tomorrow. Ah, I'm not in here at all evermore. See ya, uh, Austin. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Utah USC going down in LA and how we think this uh, this game is going to go. Um, I heard you on your show. You think Utah's going to win by a couple of scores, but let me ask you this: What type of game do you think it's going to be? Um, I, I think it's going to be scoring. You think it's going to be defensive. You think it's going to be completely one-sided. I think this is a 35-21 Utah win, and I think that it's 35-14 starting the fourth quarter. Okay, if that tells you what, what I. What okay, I so I I actually really like your number 35 for Utah, 
and this is I kind of get into to my key. Uh, or at least how I think this one's going to go. I like your number 35 for Utah because if, uh, and I don't know if you've seen this, Austin, but where would you guess in total defense USC ranks? I have not seen this. Uh, I I am thinking back to their final scores. It's around 30 points a game. So I'm going to say 106. Ooh, clo- well, kind of close. 86. Okay, so, so I, they're better than I thought. Not dreadful. I'd put them in the bad category. They're in the bottom third. How, how about yeah. that? <laughs> if they were 106, that would be the dreadful category. Okay. 86. Let's go ahead and, and let's call them bad. All right. Uh, now, what would you guess they are against the pass? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I would say probably 95. 99. Wow. Very okay. close. What do they give up again? 99, giving surrendering 264 yards a game. That's too many. So would you? I I, I might put that in the dreadful category. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad to well, dreadful. Back in the bad. There's 130 teams in yeah. this list, right? That's terrible. Yeah. That is that is not terrific. Now, what about uh, rush defense? Now, this is where they will probably be. This is this is a Jekyll and Hyde situation because that first half against Stanford. It's like they never knew how to defend against a rush. Right. Then the second half is like no one could ever rush against them ever again. So I'd probably say 40s, somewhere in the 40s. 70. Wow. 70. Interesting. And I didn't think they were terrific against – I know uh, Tyson Williams had, what, 99 yards uh, for BYU. I I didn't think they were very effective stopping the run against BYU either. So that, there's the reason why I really like your your number 35 right there cuz Utah let's uh, they got to 40 in October in all four games in October last year, right? I mean when they were really clicking on I'd have to check, on offenses yeah. some somewhere in that near, neighborhood. But so they could easily get to 40, I guess is my point, but 35 I think is is pretty good. They're they're on the road. I think that's a, a pretty solid number on uh, on your part. So that uh, if I think that Utah can get there, 35, reasonable expectation, probably could do more, but I think that's uh, about where they're going to get. I, I now am asking myself, do I believe that USC and that offense that we've seen throughout the first part of the season, but specifically what we saw last week against BYU, where it was effective at times, and of course Gordon pointed out to us many times that they made their own mistakes, even though I think BYU had a pretty major role in causing those mistakes, but they made some mistakes. But do I think that they can get to 35 points against this Utah defense? I don't think. I don't think so. Right? I. You know, I don't. No. Yeah, you know, I don't have any faith in this SC team. So this is playing into kind of your thoughts or your theory on how things are going to go tonight. And and kind of the more I process some of this stuff, the more I'm coming around to that. And I think I. You look at USC's D offense, or excuse me, defense against the pass, 99th in the country. I mean, Tyler Huntley should have a really nice day, night. Should have a really nice night tonight. Well, it's still a Friday, so it's day counts. So. Okay. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Or a Saturday. There's no Friday night. So there's there's really no no night period then during the week. Like last Saturday, BYU-SC, that was not night. That could never be accurate. <laughs> but day was. But if they had played at 7 p.m., you could say today, and it would still be accurate, right? So I wonder... Uh, and now that's what you get I, here on the big show. I appreciate it, and it's a very creative way to defend me, which, I, you know, you've always got my back, Austin, so that's nice. 
<laughs> that that always feels really really good. So there there's that. So I kind of wonder because I asked uh, I asked Pete Arbogast about this yesterday uh, that that Utah was going to be pretty um, focused on establishing the run, and I and I still believe that. But when you look at how bad USC is against the pass, I wonder if Utah alters what they what they've done so far this year. Because we can all agree that Utah's been pretty vanilla on both offense and defense in the first three games. Frankly, because they haven't had to really do anything tricky or special or anything like that. They haven't needed to. They've, they've had the games uh, well in hand. Now, against Idaho State last week, I do think they did a few things kind of trying to practice it and make sure it's there as they go into conference play. So we saw a couple more of the deep balls and those sorts of things, and, and they looked really good. Outside of... Um, some blocking stuff up front with the O-line and an inexperienced center, which Hans uh, thoroughly explained to us yesterday, which is very helpful because they're going to need to tighten that up uh, against, well, really any conference team. And Umana should be good to go this week, so that, that obviously will help. But outside of that, those, those kind of things that they exercised against Idaho State I thought looked really, really good. So there is an opportunity for Utah to flex its muscle passing the ball tonight. I wonder, I wonder how much they'll do it and if it will come early in the game or if they'll be focused on just we're going to establish Zach. We're going to get Zach going uh, and then regardless of USC's pass defense and then maybe open it up uh, at certain points when we need. Like how many passing attempts are we expecting to see from Tyler Huntley today? You know, it's been in the teens for the most part so far this this year. And I think that's good. You know me, Austin. I've been talking about Utah needs to run the ball 65% of the time. Still believe it. But isn't it a little tempting when you're looking at the 99th best pass defense in the country? Mm, it's pretty tempting to be like, man, you might want to you might want to sling it a little bit. So yeah. I wonder which way they're going to go. And this is why I'm not an offense coordinator and never will be. But you know what I would do tonight is very first play of the game all the way down throwing it all the way to the goal line very first play because then this sc defense who is susceptible to giving up uh, passing yardage thinks well this was supposed to be a run team and they start panicking right even if it's an unsuccessful play so, and then you just hand it to zach moss until he can't do it anymore and then you're fine so go the norm chow route when yep. he was the offensive coordinator at utah we now, talk- they don't have a drez anderson or a darren carrington but they've got a, a jalen dixon yeah. your guy my guy. Your favorite wide receiver to ever do it. He is my I've, I've been saying that forever. Ever since camp. <laughs> but uh, it, it was funny that Norm Chow year because John Hayes was the quarterback and they never were going to pass. But the first play for every half, you could set your watch by it. It was just John Hayes was going to drop back and throw it as far as he could. And it didn't matter if they completed it or not. They just had to show the other team like, hey. We know that that's is allowed. We're willing to do this. And then they just gave the ball to John White the fourth for the rest of the game. Yes, exactly. And it worked. It did. It, you know, kind of exaggerating and laughing a little bit, but it worked. That really worked that year. Lavelle Edwards called that Norm Chow's best coaching year. And so it, I, I'm with you, Austin. And they're but, so much better now than they were then. Right. And so maybe a couple of aggressive passes to opening up to open up the game and and loosen things up for Zach Moss. That's I, I guess that's where I'm getting at a little bit. I wonder if Utah is tempted to open it up a little bit more against USC because you think that they're vulnerable. But then again, 70th against the run. I mean, that's nothing to write home about. Right. Yep. So maybe it's one of those situations where you just let Zach Moss, you know, take over a game. But you mentioned the offensive line. 
and what Hans was talking about. And they have rotated through that offensive line almost once over now right. at the University of Utah in non-conference. And so we'll see what they're ava- able to do health-wise uh, on the offensive line. And so that, is, that gives me a little bit of hesitation is that offensive line and how cohesive it will be tonight. And I think opening up that pass game early to then just turn around and hand it off gives them a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I guess maybe the point here is, is Utah has a lot of options, and I really expect them to put up a bunch of points tonight. I do. I, I have that expectation. I know they didn't uh, put up 60 on Idaho State, but I think that was somewhat intentional, to be honest. And the twos didn't really perform all that well against Idaho State. But, you know, I don't think we're going to see those guys all that much against USC. And the ones, for the most part, outside of those offensive line things we were talking about, the ones looked really sharp against Idaho State. So I expect Utah to put up a ton of points tonight. So, you know, is is this going to be one of those games uh, where Utah's defense does their thing and holds USC down? Because if that's the case, uh, you're totally right, Austin. It's going to be a two-score spread at least, two-touchdown spread at least. But, That'll be determined by the final score. Right. But, but there are those games where occasionally <laughs> – there are those games where occasionally Utah, um, the defense – uh, gets worked over a little bit. Usually it's against teams that have dynamite athletes on the outside. And USC has dynamite athletes on the outside. So, you know, I think you can look at this from a number of different perspectives. But I, I expect Utah's defense to take what BYU did last week and then add a, add in, you know, a pinch more aggressiveness. And I, I bet it will be pretty effective. I don't think Utah is going to be dropping eight all that much, but it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to get as much pressure with the front four as possible and then have everybody else kind of worried about those three dynamic receivers. And I and especially if they can stop the run with just four and those linebackers. And how much will USC actually try to run? That's another that's another question. Uh, there, how much will they try, period, Jake? You haven't, we haven't even mentioned just the mess that it is that right now down it there. It is a mess, and we will get into that uh, coming up, and we'll certainly get into it with Patrick Kinahan. Uh, but they're uh, Malapai, they're... Um, Running back the junior, he's averaging 19 carries a game for 90 yards. By the way, if I had a running back who who basically averaged five yards a carry and he's a little under, I'd run him a lot more than 19 yards. And that's my whole point about why the air raid is so dumb at USC. And I'm so happy Frank Dolce Dolce agrees with that uh, with that perspective. By the way, oh, I call it by oh, the, Frank fight on Dolce that guy. Uh, I called when I was hosting the the U pre and post with him last week. I called him Dolce, and I just I can't get that out of my brain. I don't know what is the matter with me. And that's your that's your one problem is once you have a name in your head, that's the name it, that you're gonna say. It doesn't leave. <laughs> that's right. I still want to call. It's a curse. I still want to call Coach Grimes down at BYU, Frank. Frank Grimes, <laughs> because of a stupid <laughs> Simpsons episode from like 1993. <laughs> Oh, Jake. I, I love don't, it. I don't, I don't, you're right. Once it gets stuck in my head, it, it just will you never leave. You have to say it a hundred times yeah. the right way, and then it'll be exorcised from your lips. Maybe that's what I ought to do during the break. Just sit time and time again. Dolce. <laughs> Dolce. Dolce. <laughs> no, Look that. in the mirror as you do it. <laughs> Dolce. Speaking of Frank, he'll be with Hans 
coming up at 6 o'clock. All right, we'll talk about the big USC news, uh, the latest coming up right around the corner. Don't forget that uh, PK is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Jordan Pendleton, uh, the former Cougar, is going to join the show at 4.30. Um, Gordon will be with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and Scotty G will be on with us at 5.30-ish the voice of the Aggies, and we'll preview Utah State and San Diego State. What a weekend. I'm so excited for this weekend of college football around here. Awesome. But there is an under, uh, I guess, a storyline under the surface that's not on the field that may play a big role one way or another in tonight's game. Now, Sports by Brooks reported this uh, today. And maybe a lot of people out there aren't familiar uh, with Sports by Brooks, but he, um, he ran a very successful sports blog uh, I don't know, probably eight to ten years ago, Austin, somewhere in there, yeah, right? Maybe twelve, thirteen, yeah. Right, uh, it was a while. Kind of a a pioneer in the sports blogging world. Um, I always I loved his site. I, that was a daily stop for me. And then probably six, seven years ago, he sold it and kind of fell off the radar for a long time. And then about a year ago, he kind of started back up and uh, is doing his thing. Anyway, so it's kind of a random source that reported this, but I actually think there's some pretty good, but really good credibility for for Brooks. He's He's been reporting stuff for a long time. But anyway, Sports by Brooks sent this out. He says, uh, has been told by his source close to the USC administration and board of trustees that if the Trojans are embarrassed by Utah at home tonight in a major blowout, Clay Hilton will be relieved of his duties as the school's head football coach. Now, this doesn't make a ton of sense to me, actually. And and again, if, if Brooks reports it, I think he's pretty credible. So that's probably what's going on. But who would take over as interim? You're going to... You know, Clancy Pendergast, yeah, defense really, really uh, doing it for you. You know, who's going to take over? They don't really have a good coach. Graham Harrell, who doesn't have a ton of experience. Is that uh, so? There's not a really good interim candidate out there, but maybe they don't care about that. And don't you have to get the AD situation figured out before you can figure out what's going on with your your football coach? Unless you truly hire Urban Meyer and he can pick his own AD. But I, I mean, is it? Would it be that much in the bag? And why would the outcome for Utah determine that? Because Urban's not going to step in and take out, take over midseason. That's not going to happen. No, no. So, I mean, what would be the benefit of firing Clay Hilton, regardless of the outcome of tonight's game? The outcome part is the interesting, is the curious part to me, right? Because I do see uh, the benefit of firing if you know you're going to move on from Clay Hilton. I do see a benefit in doing that sooner rather than later, because the guy you want, well, it just so happens he's there tonight, but the guy you want has a list of every college in America that will have an opening that will want him as their head coach. Right. You kind of want him to be able to start looking at who he's going to put on his staff, who he's going to put in place. He can start making some plans and some calls. Even if he doesn't pick the AD, what AD is not going to pick him as their football coach? Well, I don't know. He kind of brings along some different types of headaches, but yeah, I get. I get oh, I, I get wouldn't do it, saying. but I'm not an AD. <laughs> no, yeah, I think he's scum, but he's a really good football coach. He is a really good football coach. So, okay, I could see that to to get a jump start on hiring Urban, 
and uh, maybe get in front of some schools if indeed he's interested in coming back and coaching, which I believe he is. Uh, but that is out there. So that could have some interesting effects on tonight's game. I mean, does the team rally around Clay Helton? Do they go out and win one for the Gipper? Let's go save Clay's job. Or is it one of those? <laughs> That's so funny. Is it one win of those... one for the Gipper for Clay Helton? Uh, you're funny, Jim. Yeah, right. Or is it one of those situations where they know he's not a very good football coach and they you know, think, well, we're not going to be here, so why would I you know, go above and beyond for you. I've got a scholarship. I'm going to be here next year. You might not. 